Hey guys, welcome to Dwell Church Online Easter Experience. We are so excited that you chose to spend a bit of your Easter with us today. Dwell Church is a family defined by the love of God and committed to giving it away, which means although we are apart today, you are never alone. So for today, our Easter service is going to consist of three movements, life, death, and resurrection. Let's begin with life.
Do you guys remember old pre-COVID life at all? Like you used to could go into restaurants and sit down and a waiter would bring you food or you could just go and be places and walk around for as long as you want or you could give people high fives and hugs and stuff like that, which, I don't know, maybe that's not such a bad thing that we've lost the hugs. I don't know, call me crazy. Uh, but uh, you remember days like back in the day when your kids weren't like up in your face all the time, 24 hours a day, just always around. They used to also go places. No more. In fact, uh, just the other day I realized this. We were going to a, a donut shop, and uh, if you knew me, uh, don't judge us too much. Like, if you know my family, you would know that uh, donuts are actually an essential item for us. So uh, we had to go get donuts this Saturday. Had to make it, you know, kind of special during our quarantine life. And so me and Evie decided to hop in the car and go get them. I'm coaching her on all this stuff about the virus, and I'm saying, like, you know, don't touch anything, and we need to wear our little face masks, and you know, all this stuff, right? And she's having all of these questions. And she's like, well, why Why can't we touch anything? And I tell her it's because of a virus. And then she says, well, what's a virus? And then, you know, I have to Google what a virus is so that I can tell her something that is satisfying for what it is, right? And uh, so we make it all the way to the donuts shop. She does a great job. She doesn't touch anything. We're keeping our hands to ourselves. She also makes me super proud because she picks out a French cruller, which is really creme de la creme of the uh, donut world, right? It's French, so it's classy. And she asked me about the weird shape of it, and I said that this shape is a spiral-shaped donut, which I think adds to the classiness a little bit. So uh, we grab our donuts, we head back to the house, we wash our hands when we come in the door, and then uh, Evie walks up to Sarah and says, Mommy, Mommy, guess what? I got a virus donut. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you mis misunderstand. But I was too late, right? Sarah had already taken the donuts out to the front yard. She had already uh, started a bonfire and called the CDC. They showed up in hazmat suits because she thought there was a virus donut. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't really happen. But all I'm saying is this is kind of life now, right? Like, this is what is our new normal. Like, I want you to think about this for just a moment. Like, this is kind of... Our generations, uh, you know, maybe 9-11 or World War II, it's like that level of event. And I'm not trying to start any sort of comparison game or make any sort of grand statement about that, other than just to say, like, this is a huge deal. One day, your grandkid could be doing a school project and have to come and ask you questions about what the coronavirus was like. When they're saying, oh, what was it like when schools canceled the rest of the year? What was it like when the Olympics had to get postponed? Or what was it like when DoorDash had to bring all of your food to you and you had to spray it down with Lysol for 20 minutes before you were willing to eat it? These are the type of things they could come up and ask you for some sort of school project. There's never been anything like this before. And it kind of makes you think. If you're like me, you've had a lot of questions. Like, what's life going to be like, like after this? Uh, what are we going to do differently after all of this is over? What are going to be the long-term lasting implications of this coronavirus season? It also probably makes you ask the question, like, am I really doing what I want to be doing with my life? Like, when I go back to whatever normal looks like after all this is over, is this the life that I want to be living? Is this what I want to be doing? 
It was actually in uh, the dumbest car crash of all time uh, a couple years ago. I was, uh, Evie was very little, and so we went to the grocery store and we were doing the thing where one parent runs in and the other one keeps looping in the car because it's the only thing that'll keep the, uh, you know, baby happy, that kind of thing. And I was just taking laps and laps and laps around this parking lot, and on the seventh lap, no joke, I uh, am just taking this same turn that I've taken 500 times before and smack right into this big yellow pole. You know those big concrete poles where you look at them? They're all scarred and trashed up, and you're thinking, like, who's dumb enough to run into one of those? It's me, right? And it was right there in my blind spot and totally, like, trashed my Jeep. I didn't even, like, quite understand what had happened in the moment. It was just jumped up out of nowhere and caused thousands of dollars to my uh, damage to my car. Even worse, though, was the weird way that it made me think about driving. Like, for weeks after that, my overall confidence in my driving ability was down. And I know that might sound a little bit silly, but it affected me. I realized that, like, you know, uh, we are driving around at 70 miles an hour in a big two-ton bucket of steel, and I make, like, little mistakes all the time, like tripping over my own feet or just trying to walk down the street, and yet they put me... Uh, with very little, you know, like, discretion behind this car. And they say, hey, uh, give it a shot, and at least you have insurance if anything bad happens, right? It's kind of, like, daunting, isn't it? In some ways, uh, it feels like that's how this season is. Like, we were just going along through life. Everything was more or less fine. And then, wham, out of nowhere, everything changes. Everything stopped. Everything grinds to a halt. But I think it's really nice that Easter actually happens right here in the middle of this coronavirus season, or who knows if it's the middle, right? Because this isn't actually the most profound, like, interruption of life that's ever happened. This isn't the biggest, like, collision to normal life that has ever occurred in the history of humanity. Actually, Jesus coming to the world was a much bigger event than even coronavirus was. Jesus intersecting as, like, divine being, as God of the universe, stepping down, putting on flesh, and becoming a human being was an even bigger intersection of our life. Uh, our passage that uh, sort of represents this this section called life says uh, in John one ten says that Jesus was born or Jesus was in the world and the world was made through him but the world did not know him. So this God here symbolized by the word became flesh and came and dwelled among us. What we recognize at Easter is that uh, the original Easter, the original moment of really, or that whole season of those years that Jesus was alive, it was uh, basically a time when people were living out their normal lives, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, wham, Jesus comes in and intersects with their normal life, collides with the way in which they were living, to where from that point forward, no one could live the same way again. So Jesus lived for 30 some odd years and then died on the cross. And amazingly, as we celebrate here on Easter, his story does not end there.
my transgressions Wounded for my sins This man of sorrows came to take my place Salvation, unspeakable love, abounding grace. Now I am going to the holy place, and I am drawing near to seek Your face. Jesus, Your blood has made my
tough to talk about death at a time like this. It feels like so near and yet so far, right? Like uh, many of us, many of you are probably doing fine and are healthy, but all of us are in some sort of, you know, either distant or intimately connected, like like we are in connection with someone who is suffering, maybe who uh, has the virus, maybe who has died as a result of the virus. And it makes us sort of like think a lot of weird things about death because it feels honestly like we're just cloistered away. We're hiding away in our closets, in our bedrooms, in our garages, in our dwell digital living rooms. You know, uh, we're hiding away. And it seems like the best thing that we can do, the advice that we have been given, is that if we can all hide for long enough, then we can keep death at bay. Right? Like, isn't that the whole point behind the social isolation thing? It's like, if we can all just sort of withdraw from life for long enough, then death does not win the day as much as it, it should. And I want you to hear me clearly, I do think that is like the best advice. I don't want to take anything away from that or uh, dissuade anyone from staying at home. That is the best possible thing that we can all be doing right now, I think, uh, to be able to sort of stem the tide of this virus. But in some ways, it feels like sort of hiding out. And you know what's weird is that uh, if there's anything that this whole thing has shown us, it's that like... Even if entire communities and cities and the whole planet can work together to do things that we have never done before, if we can stop all of like our normal rhythms, if we can change everything about our societies overnight, if we can just transform and do all of these things, even then we don't actually keep death at bay. We actually just hold it back a little bit or stem the tide of how many people would actually die. It, it becomes this like weird numbers game, right? And we're all just trying to lessen the impact. We're trying to lessen the number of deaths. And what that shows us, I think, is that at the end of the day, we are actually powerless against death. Like, even if you do everything right during this season, you could uh, still actually die as a result of the virus or, or of anything else. And uh, even if everything goes as like perfectly to plan as possible, you will actually one day die. It is just like the nature of humanity. And I'm, I'm not trying to just, you know, be a terrible downer or anything like that, or even just elicit some sort of like emotional response. But I think, I think this whole season has really forced many of us to come to grips with that idea. Forced us to come to terms with the fact that, like, no matter how good our job is, no matter uh, how much power or influence we have, no matter how much, you know, uh, effort that we can exert, that nothing is guaranteed. And in fact, the best that we can do about death is just putting it off and, and, and pushing it away. And that is a feeling of powerlessness. That's a feeling of feebleness, that's a feeling of weakness, because death is bigger than we are. It's more in control of the world than you and I are, and it's more in control of your own life than you are. But can I just say that I think Easter teaches us that that might be the best possible thing for you to realize in this moment. That that sense of powerlessness, that oh-so-very-uncomfortable feeling of being incapable 
to actually stop death might actually be the best thing for you right now. Paul says it this way in Romans. He says, uh, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for us. While we were still weak, Christ died for us. See, it's in our weakness, it's in our inability to defeat death, it's in our inability to control our own lives that Christ comes to us. And this is a season where we are recognizing our own weakness. We're recognizing our own inability to control even the most basic things about our life. And it is in that feeling, in that sense, in that recognition that we need Him. That is where Christ steps into our lives. The simple idea is that we, you and I, we were meant to live forever. We weren't actually meant to die. We weren't built to die. And I think, you know, regardless of your religious background or, or what you think about this whole God thing, like, don't you feel that somewhere deep inside of you? Like, like don't you sort of, isn't there a part of you that is like, yes, I, I was meant to be eternal, and I, I believe that your soul is actually eternal, that, that you were meant to live eternally. But then death stepped in, and through our choices and, and through the evil that abounds in the world and the evil that we do to ourselves and the evil that we do to others and the evil that we even commit against God, because of all of that, because of the, the sin that exists, death actually exists as a byproduct of that. But the beauty is that while we were still weak, while we were still living in our own sin, while we're still like enamored with our own brokenness, Jesus steps in, lives a completely perfect life, not having any of that brokenness or sin that we have, and then chooses to die for us so that we don't have to. He steps in and dies the death that you and I deserve. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for us for you. I'm always uh, sort of looking around society and wondering like who, you know, who's looking most like Jesus today. And I, I think in a, in a weird way, and I, I don't want to just, you know, uh, overstate this in any way or anything like that. But I think right now, if we were to look around our society, it seems like the healthcare workers are, are like doing basically this exact same thing. You see, like, while we're all saying we have to hide because the virus is coming after us, they are saying, I will walk into a hospital recognizing that I am probably going to become infected, but I am going to take that on myself for you, for the rest of you. I am going to put my own life at peril, put my own relationship with my family at peril. I'm going to actually, like, get away from them so that they don't get infected. I am going to give up my life for the rest of you. I'm going to risk my life going into this place so that the rest of you can remain healthy. And that, that is just a small microcosm of the gift that Jesus has given to you. They do it with this momentary virus. Jesus does it for your immortal soul and for death forever. And that's really good news for you and for me. But what's great is that's not even the end of the story. We were waiting without hope
And here's the best part. Jesus died, and then he came back to life. He was resurrected. And that resurrection actually paved the way for everyone else who believes in his name to be resurrected in the very same way. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us this, For as by a man came death, by a man, Jesus, has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Christ coming back from the dead was actually just the beginning. It was actually just the start. He was the first fruits. We are the ones that come later. Sort of like when you're walking along, and I remember uh, growing up, walking along, there's a dirt road near my house. Yes, I am that much of a country bumpkin. I'm starting a story with there was a dirt road by my house. And it was amazing when you'd walk by in certain parts of the years and you'd see the first little ripe blackberry. And it was great because that meant that you got to pluck and eat that one blackberry, but it also meant that thousands more were on the way, right? You're just getting that first little brief taste of that sweetness. That's exactly what Jesus' resurrection is for us. It's the first fruits. It is letting us know that resurrection is possible and that he is God over even life and death. He conquers it in that moment to show us that life after death is actually possible. Then, uh, continuing on in verse 24, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, or kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. Here's, here's the best part. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. You see, at that very moment of his resurrection, at that very moment where he conquers death, he being man enough to take on all of humanity, all of their sins, all of their wrongdoing, all the evil that we do uh, to each other and have done to us, he takes it all on. He's man enough, but he's also God enough to where when he dies, he doesn't just end there. The story is not over. No, he actually defeats death for himself and then uh, tells us that in that moment, the victory is already won. Uh, his kingdom has already begun to come. Everything has already started a process. A ball has begin, begun rolling into which the kingdom of God will one day come to full fruition. And in that moment, death will be destroyed. Death will be killed. Death will be put to death once and for all. That is the message of Easter. And right now, all right, uh, just take a breath. This... This right here is a moment. Now, it may not be the best moment in home, human history. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily the worst. It's probably useless to even compare. But I want you to recognize that right now, this is a moment. And I want to ask you, even if it's just for the next, you know, 30 seconds while you're watching a stupid guy on an online video, own it. Own this moment. Recognize that this is a singular moment in human history and you are living in the middle of it. You can do one of two things. One is you can choose to sort of get by. 
like even in this coronavirus time, you can sort of, you know, just uh, pass the time by watching YouTube videos or, you know, calculating out how much Netflix you can watch to just sort of like sleep your way through this thing. You can try and avoid the, the quiet times, avoid the weird questions that are popping into your head by doing hobbies or sleeping more or working harder, whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you. You can get by on all kinds of platitudes like, you know, don't stop, get it, get it, or uh, you got this and all of that stuff just to make sure that you don't think so we can keep the bad thoughts at bay so we can stay away from having to deal with these sort of huge questions. Or, or, you can recognize that this is a moment that you have been gifted, a time where you can actually sit back and think a time where you can actually be reconciled to the creator of the universe. A time where you can accept his payment for your death, accept uh, his gift of eternal life. All it takes is a recognition right here in this moment that you cannot do it yourself, that you cannot achieve uh, life, you cannot conquer death by yourself. It's a recognition that you are a, a feeble and broken human being who is in need of a Savior. And then in that recognition, a recognition that Jesus is the only one that can save you and asking Him for this gift that He has already offered to you of eternal life. That very same resurrection power that brought Him back from the dead is the very same resurre resurrection power that has the power to raise you from the dead. You have the opportunity right here in this moment to be able to be in communication with your creator, with the divine uh, ruler of the universe who has given his life for you. Don't let this moment go by. Don't miss it. Lean into the hard questions that you're asking yourself. Lean into the difficult things that you're going to going through. Right now, even in the comfort of your own home, He is offering this gift of eternal life to you. You can take it. Right now, uh, even if this is your very first time ever doing it, you can pray, even right now, in the comfort of your very own home, you can ask God to become the Lord of your life. And it's pretty simple. There's no sort of magic words. You can kind of just uh, pray what your heart is feeling. But it goes. It can go something a little bit like this. Like, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I am broken. I know that I am incapable of rescuing myself, and I need you. I believe that you have died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you resurrected after three days. And I want you to be in charge of my life. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. There's an opportunity right now in this moment, no matter who you are, for you to be able to pray that and for uh, you to not just make a decision that will affect today, not just do something that's going to help you get through the rest of the day, but something that will change your eternal status, that will actually give you life everlasting even after death, that you get to be a recipient of this death-destroying power that Jesus brought to this earth and that Jesus gave on your behalf. 
If you want to talk more about becoming a Christian or you're at all curious about that, or maybe you're just having really, really hard questions pop into your mind in these days, I would love nothing more than to be able to talk to you about that or anybody on our Dwell team. We would love to talk to you about that. You can actually uh, reach out to us in a number of ways. I know this sounds strange. I wish that we were all face-to-face, but you can actually reach out on our social media channels if you want. Send us a direct message. Uh, You can also send us an email or give us a call, uh, anything that works for you. We are here for you, and we want to be here to be able to talk with you during this season. We don't have all the answers, and we don't claim to, but we do know the one who does, and so we would love to introduce you to that God. The good news of Easter is very simply this, that God has conquered death and that he is offering life to all those who would follow him. And that, that is good news. So, now it's time to celebrate. Whether God did that for you today for the very first time or whether you have been a follower of Jesus for years, Easter and the resurrection power is a cause for celebration. Think about this. Coronavirus seems like the biggest thing that's ever happened to the world and it is certainly huge this year, but we have been celebrating Easter as Christians, as followers of Jesus for 2,000 years. And so it's going to look a little bit different this year. It's going to look a little bit strange, but I would like to just offer you the opportunity right now or challenge you with find ways to connect with Jesus and celebrate his resurrection power today. Maybe you need to call a friend or a loved one. Uh, Maybe you need to take some extra time to rest and just enjoy his presence. But whatever you do, uh, be it filled with peeps or uh, not so much, I would just say enjoy your Easter Sunday. God has conquered life and death, and he has done it for you, and that is a cause for celebration no matter the season. We love you guys, uh, we believe in you, and we're praying for you. Please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out. If you need anything at all, we are here for you in this time. Happy Easter. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It just means a lot, no matter where we are, uh, just coming together and gathering in this way. It's just a power of the um, communal and uh, just global church as we're seeing it today. So we do hope that you have just a really special rest of your Easter. And please, if you need anything, do not hesitate to reach out. If you have any questions or just even want to know more about what Pastor Josh talked about today, we would love to dialogue with you. Plus, if you need any help, whether it be groceries Um, or any needs, we also have a section on our website that's labeled, I need help or I want to help. So you can go to dwelldenver.org and click on one of those as well. And finally, I would just like to pray for us today. So let us pray. Lord, we just come before you um, in just humbleness, seeing the sacrifice that you have made for us in your death, Lord, and just the glorious defeat of death in your resurrection. We praise you for being the God that can um, do both, that came down to earth and was willing um, to be in the hardships, the suffering, the sadness, the grief, and also to hold all of that for our sake so that we might have life. We just pray, especially today, that we might um, just really know that joy that is beyond death, that is beyond suffering, Lord. Give us that today. Uh, Let us bind together in hope, Lord, um, that you have died, you have risen, and that you will come again. In your holy name, amen.